world. This is Elizabeth. And this is Kara. And if you're listening to In Transit, two triathletes take on the world. Woohoo! This is a good. Show. This is going to be a good show this week. Uh, daylight savings has come upon us, and we can get out of our seasonal affective disorder state. <laughs> I know. I really do feel like I get really sad during the day whenever I'm leaving work and it's dark. I hate I, that. I know. I feel like I've wasted. Well, not wasted, but you know, burned all my deprived of that extra hour. Exactly. So. Like. All right, let's talk about kind of how our training's going. Okay. You first. Well, um, my training was going really well up until just a couple of weeks ago, but um, but overall, I think it's going pretty good. My long distances are keeping up fine. I feel good, like my body feels really good, which I'm really, really happy about because of having all those back problems before. But all in all, that seems to be working out really well uh, for me. Distances are getting up there, dude. I was so excited because this weekend was only 12 miles. I was like, thank God. I know. Isn't that like, crazy? 12 miles. <laughs> it, I remember, you know, I don't know, a month ago when I had, it wasn't only 12 miles. It was 12 miles. Like, oh, my God. And now yeah, I, I thought the same thing when I ran the 12 yesterday. I was thinking, wow, this is an easy day. It's only 12 miles. I know. Thank goodness it's only 12 miles. I know that's totally nuts. But I'm actually, um, as soon as we get off the phone, I'm going to the lake and I'm going to go run the 12 today because I didn't know Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Very so, cool. Yeah, I'm excited. But I'm actually excited because um, the, I love running out there. It's so peaceful and everybody out there is, you know, doing exactly the same thing. But you want to hear something crazy? What? My friend Sarah, who runs the lake also, she said she saw a dead alligator on the side of the lake the other day. What? I know. I, I, bet, I bet it was someone had it, like, illegally and then dumped it in the lake. You know what I mean? Like, holy crap. I was like, that means that there's more out there, potentially. Oh, I doubt it. I bet it, I, I bet it was more of a... Someone had like got a baby alligator and then like it got big and so they like put it in the lake and it couldn't survive mm-hmm. there. Because you know how they have there. those like swap meet things where they sell the animals that's illegal and yeah, you know. I know. I can't. I don't hate when people do stuff like that. It's so cool. I know. Anyway. Anyway. So what about you? Interesting. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, it's going well. I I ran the twelve yesterday and I am like shocked by how well I'm holding up. I, honestly, I Good. my pace yesterday was ten oh nine. That's perfect. Yeah, I know it's exactly. I want to be right around a ten, and I've improved a lot. And oh, when I, last weekend when I, I had to run sixteen, and my pace was ten ten, over sixteen miles. Oh, that's great. I know. I was stoked, and and both. Or well, actually, I think most of my long runs I've had negative split times. So I like yes- oh, that's fantastic. Yesterday, my last two miles were under ten minutes, so that was oh my was. gosh, that's really really good. I know, so I'm feeling really positive about and my neck. My main thing is to just be real careful in everything I do, so I don't injure myself. And the funny thing is, well, I guess it's not that funny, but <laughs> um, I it's been snowing and icy here and stuff. And the other day, I uh, well, it had snowed, and the next day it was starting to get nice, nicer out, but uh, there were still some icy spots, and I was walking down my stairs, 
and I had he like boots that had heels on. I was going to work, uh-huh. and I fell down the last like three steps. <gasps> I was like, "Oh my god!" I was like freaking out. Like, and you're not worried about yourself. You're like, "How am I going to train?" Well, it, yeah. Like seriously, my first thought, like I didn't move because I was like, "Oh god, I hope I did not like hurt an ankle." Or <laughs> and I, I like I was frozen there, and I don't think anybody saw me. But if they did, it had to have been the funniest thing. So I freeze, and the only thing I heard was my, like, the top, like, right below my knee, like, my shin, it, there's a big bruise there, but other than that, everything's cool, and I was just... Okay, good. Yeah, and it it was funny, because I went to work, and, um, one of the other girls had fallen that day, too, it was was slippery, and, uh, I showed them my leg, and they were like, oh, my God, you need to put ice on that. I'm like, oh, it's fine. I was just freaking out that I hurt my ankle or something, you know? Like, I didn't even care about this stupid little bruise, you know? Yeah, it's probably not even a little bruise. You don't ever have little bruises. You always have, like, these... I remember the first time, well, when you when you had your wreck on the velodrome. Oh, my mm. God. I I was like, you need to go to the hospital. <laughs> You were scraped. Uh, oh, my do. God. I don't even hurt. I guess that was pretty bad. I, see, I don't even remember. I know. And you're like, eh, it's not that bad. I'm like, Kara, no, really, your leg's going to fall off. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, long story short there is that um, I'm just trying not to injure myself outside of training. <laughs> <laughs> right. No kidding. But things are going going well. Oh. Uh, one thing I want to hear, or I'm sure everybody wants to hear, your Austin half race report. Okay, here we go. We start off the race. We get there super duper early, way entirely too early. I could have slept an extra 30 minutes. But um, the night before, I literally got an hour and a half of sleep. So I was super tired when I got there, and I was extremely unmotivated because it was freezing cold. I was so cold. And um and the sun wasn't up and it was just horrible and I wanted to go home so bad. I mean it was that kind of attitude. You know how I get when I'm like that too. And I'm yeah. just a big baby and I'm just like bleh. Were I'm you go home. were you thinking, Why do I torture myself? <laughs> I I think that every race before the race starts, it's I like think a that ritual. every time. It's like a ritual. I do that too. I know. It, the sun's all up, and you're like, why am I doing this? Why does it even matter? <laughs> you know? But then as soon anyway. as you're doing it, and and especially when it's over, you're like, that was awesome. <laughs> I know. Okay, well, exactly. But I, I came so close to just going home. I was that miserable. I was freezing. I had shorts on. I had oh. just a white jacket on. I was freaking cold and What was tired the temperature, do you know? Do you remember? It was in the 30s that morning, for Why sure. Why are you wearing shorts, woman? <laughs> well, because I always like to wear shorts and then, like, a heavy top, you know? So okay. that's just the way I roll. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can... Anyway, okay, so um, there were thousands and thousands of people there, and so I got in the pace group that I needed to be in, mm-hmm. and uh, the gun goes off. They had fireworks and everything. It was really, really cool. Um, so... I start running, and the first two miles were really, really slow because um, there were just so many people. And so it was like running around yeah. people. So the first two miles got were really slow. I'd say maybe 11 and a half minute pace probably. Pretty slow. Mm-hmm. Anyway, well, but by the time I got to the mile two marker, I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe we've already ran two miles. So then yeah. I was feeling really good, and my pace started picking up because the crowd started thinning out. So, um, I mean, I felt good the whole race. I, it was 
awesome. And probably mile six, um, my friend Earl uh, met up with me as a spectator, and he was like, I'm going to run to the finish with you. I was like, excellent. Cool. And he runs my pace, too, so it went really well. And at that point, at the six-mile point, I was nine minutes ahead of schedule. Awesome. So Wait, what even was your goal? My goal was to do at least 1030-minute oh, miles. Okay. So, I mean, I was, doing, I was being lenient. Yeah, I was ahead. Wow. So um, I was ahead giving myself 10-minute miles. That's what I was doing. So okay. I was nine minutes ahead of schedule at the six-mile mark. So I was like, dude, I can cruise in and still make my time and be completely fine. Yeah. <clears throat> so he decided to run it in with me, and that was always really helpful, having somebody there with you, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably about – and Austin's a pretty flat course, but there's two hills that were – they changed the course up, so there were more hills this time around. I don't know if they had complaints or something. But um, anyway, they, there were a couple of major hills there, and I and I haven't been doing il- any hill training at all. So I was like, dang it, dude. But I trucked up, I trucked up the hills, and um, I, I was kind of tired at that point, probably mile nine or so. I was like, whew, I'm tired. But then I took another goo and um, got my energy back. I put a new song on my MP3, and so I was still in pumped. And we just cruised in. So, I mean, I mean, it felt great. I felt energized the whole time. I definitely felt like I could have kept running for sure. So um, it was a really, really good race. And I, so my finishing time was 2.14. That's so for me, that, I was super duper pumped about it, super duper pumped. So couldn't have been more happy with it. And, I mean, for for a lot of people, that's slow, but for me, that's really good. Yeah, I think so. that's great. Cool. Yeah. So, awesome. So, you're, and it's kind of good that you were tired at first, because then that's more like marathon training, you know what I mean? Like, it's funny, totally. when I've been doing my long runs, if I'm tired, I'm like, no, this is good, because this will be more realistic to the marathon then, you yeah, know? Yeah, that's true, that's true, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Awesome, and the your training since then has been going okay. Uh, yeah, the the week following um, the half was really really good, but the last couple of weeks I've been traveling a lot, and so that's putting a major damper on my training. It seems like so I'm just mm-hmm. in an airport at all times, and I'm just freaking tired. So yeah, um, but yeah, but I should be getting back on track this week, and then well, the next few weeks after that, I'm traveling even more. So. So I don't know. It's I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully it'll go okay. Good. Yeah. Um, I have exciting, kind of exciting news. I don't think I mentioned. Yeah. I don't think I mentioned it on the last show. But um, one thing is that I joined. Well, I guess it's not exactly joined, but I found a running group, a group to run with. Did I talk about this before? No. Okay. I don't know about this. Oh, okay. <laughs> I couldn't remember. Um. I well, here's the story. I needed to get a fuel belt, and because I'm running these such long distances now that I needed water and goo and stuff on me. Yeah, and totally. So, well, the last show, remember, I was talking about how I was really bad and ran like dirt twelve or thirteen miles. I know. Without I can't <laughs> believe you did that, Kara. That's horrible. <laughs> okay, so I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go out and get a fuel belt. Well. In New Haven, there I, there's this kind of outdoor store, um, 
and I wasn't sure if they would have them because it's more like a hiking type store. So I called and asked them. They're like, no, we don't have them, but there's this other store in the next town over that you should check out. They'll, it's a running store. I'm like, oh, excellent. And it's like a 10-minute drive, real close. So I'm like, all right, I'll go check them out. And so I went there, and it's this really cool running store, like just – I don't know, a cute little store in, in the little next town over, real cute little town. And I get my running belt, and I was just chatting with them about how I had just moved there, and that, yeah, I asked them if they had any group runs or whatever, and they're like, yeah, we run every Wednesday night and Saturday morning. I was like, oh, oh my gosh. God, perfect. And they're like, we, they were asking me, you know, what I'm training for and stuff. And they said that they had a bunch of people that were training for Boston. And I'm like, well, I'm not, like, super fast or anything. They're like, oh, we we have all different speeds. They're like, yeah, we have some fast guys. But, you know, I told them I'm right around, like, between 9.30 and 10-ish, you know. They're like, yeah. oh, yeah, we definitely have people that run at that pace, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, perfect. So I come out uh, with them on the following Wednesday. And they did um, – well, actually, I've run with them the past two Wednesdays now, and I ran with them on one Saturday, too. And on the Wednesdays, we did hill repeat workouts, which is... Oh, God, ridiculous. tell me. It was really good, though, because that's exactly the kind of shit stuff... <laughs> that that's exactly the kind of stuff that I would never do on my own. You know, because I would just do it once and be like, you know, but if I had mm-hmm. people out there in a group, I would definitely run with them, you know, keep up or whatever. So um, right. in the hill, they, it's called Sunset Hill, and we, um, I think, up it or up to the top, like, basically they go to the top and then down, so, like, back and over, or up and over, and then back and over, you know what I mean? But, like, just to the top is, like, a quarter mile, so it's a nice long incline. And Good Lord. Yeah, and so we did that, like, three times, so we added about three miles on. Um, But anyway, but it, another cool thing is they run, it's on Wednesday nights, well, at 6.30, so it's dark, so everybody wears headlamps. <laughs> oh, cool! How cool is that? Because, and... It's so cool, too, because I've been, all my runs during the week, I've been just running at the track at the gym because um, I don't want to be running outside by myself, you know, because I don't know the area that well, and, you know, it's probably not the smartest thing to do. Um, Right. So I'm stoked that I have a group to run with outdoors, and even if it's dark or whatever, they just go out and run, and everybody has headlamps, and it's just totally, like, no big thing. Like this is <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And okay, so, so how do they break the groups up? Do they do they time like I know on my running team we did colors and if you were in a certain color color that meant you were a certain pace. So how did you guys do um, that? No, I mean it's pretty like the times I've gone out there's been maybe at the most a dozen people. Like it's not a huge okay. group. So basically what they do is you everybody kind of starts out together real easy. And then and it kind of it kind of just splits up, um, ha- like naturally, sort of. And like mm-hmm. when I've gone out with them, I've pretty much I've kind of fallen right in the middle, sort of. And so okay. there's always like someone, like maybe one or two people that are running about the same pace as I am. So it's been good. Cool. And then when I did my um, the one Saturday, I didn't run with them yesterday because I just. Uh, 
felt like running around here. Or I don't. Well, actually, the main reason is because I wanted to sleep in. Because they run, <laughs> they run at eight. <laughs> they run at eight o'clock in the morning on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. So I felt like sleeping in and then just running on my own. And plus, it was the only twelve mile. <laughs> Run. Yeah, yeah, so, <laughs> only 12 miles, right. Next weekend I run 18, so I think I'm going to meet up with them. So I'll Oh, my gosh, it's 18. Yeah, so I'll have some more motivation for next weekend if I have people to run in around me. But anyway, right. so that's super cool that I have people to run with now. And another thing is that one of the people in the running group, or there's a couple of people in the running group that are triathletes, which is cool. Yeah, and the one guy told me about there's a group, a tri group in that's in a town the other direction in West Haven um that is uh called the Sharks tri- Triathlon Club, I think. And so I think I might join up with them or kind of figure out, you know, at least go to a meeting or whatever and see what they're all about. But um apparently from what from what the guy in the running group told me, that's pretty much the only triathlon group close by. So, hmm. or the only like formal, you know, club or right. whatever you want to call it. Right. Mm-hmm. Huh. Well, cool. That's really good. Anyway, so I'm stoked about that. Um, so I potentially have a triathlon group too, which I'm interested in that because I want to, I'd like to find some people to, to r- r- cycle with that are um, like triathlon triathlon cycling is different from like people who are training for road racing and stuff. It totally is. Totally yeah, is. Yeah. We're more about endurance and kind of like just getting the miles in and the time in and not necessarily like sprinting stuff, you know? Right. And well, you know, that's one of my hesitations to join a cycling group is because I don't know the protocol for cycling. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know race, I know race cycling. Well, and that's another is- thing with triathlon is that we're used to um not being able to draft and stuff and a lot of mm-hmm. well my cycling group in in Dallas um they were like we would do pace lines and stuff sometimes but most of the time we were just pretty casual and just kind of rode next to each other and it wasn't it we, we're like just a really laid back group you know <laughs> and mm-hmm. so yeah, I I hesitate a little to join a a strictly like road cyclist group because I well I mean I'm sure Kara, you'd be totally fine. You would be completely fine. Yeah, but but at the same time, I just want to find a group that um, like I'm. My whole point is that the tri group probably they're probably the way they're riding is probably more in tune with what how I want to train. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. You're probably right about that. Yeah. So, but anyway, but it, the the local bike shop, uh, they do a group ride on Sundays, and I think I'm gonna join up with them at some point and just kind of at least try it out and see, uh, if, you know, what kind of pace they do and just how they ride and what I think of it. So. Cool. I'll Good. report back once I try that out. <laughs> All right, it's time for Stoked and Stellar. I already I have something I'm totally stoked about this week. Elizabeth. I am stoked to hear about it. Let's have it. So here it is. I have I have to tell you the little background so you get the whole the whole scoop. So as you know, I've lived in Connecticut now. I've moved here. I lived here a few months and started a new job. The one that 
they love the job, but one drawback is that I have to pay almost a hundred dollars a month for parking. That's crazy. Which is insane. So, and I only live about four miles away from work. Well, I got the parking pass right away because the, when I moved here in December, it you know it's the weather. Weather's really bad. Brutally cold. Potential snowy, icy. You know, I'm like, okay, I'll pay for parking at first and then figure out if I want to ride my bike or whatever later. And so, now that it's March, I'm sick of paying them for parking each month and um and the weather has been getting nice enough that um it's no problem commuting. So I decided to cancel my parking pass and start commuting. But I first rode my mountain bike and I decided that that was just not going to work because I think first of all I think my mountain bike is a little too small for me and just riding it on the road isn't very comfortable. Like if I'm just riding on a trail actually mountain biking, I don't notice it that much. But riding, like commuting to work, it just is okay. Well, here's something that can be educational. How do you? What makes you think it's too small for you? My knees hurt <laughs> when I okay. ride it. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Pain in the joints. Okay, got it. <laughs> yeah, and I have the seat up pretty much as high as it'll go, and I still, I still feel like I have too much bend in my knees. You know, I'm not getting that yeah. 90 degree angle like I should. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. and okay. I've known this for a while, but I just, I just keep the bike because I mean, I, I just use it for playing around on anyway. I don't. It's not like I go ride 100 miles on it. You know. Right. So, yeah. Anyway. Um, so I decided, well, if I'm saving a hundred bucks a month from parking, then I could probably justify if if I start commuting, I could probably justify um, spending at least part of that extra money on getting a, a decent commuter bike because I didn't want to ride my road bike because you know it's not set up with reflectors or lighting, and um, I didn't want to have to worry about getting it um, worry about the gears getting bumped or anything if. Uh, if I had it in my office, and anyway, right. well, you know, it's just not meant to be used for that, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, it's not plus the you, safest. Yeah, plus you can never get, um, you can never have too many bikes, you know. I totally agree with you on that. <laughs> so I'm like, well, this is a perfect excuse for me to get a new bike. So <laughs> you know, as as if you a long term long time listener, you know that I had a little stint of velodrome racing and when I lived in Texas I got to race on the velodrome a few times and so I really like um fixed gear bikes you know, track bikes I really like the feel of them and that's you know the the classic bike messenger rides a fixed gear or if you go to New York City or something they're going to be mm-hmm. a lot of them are going to be riding a fixed gear so I'm like oh that would be cool you know, I get if I since I don't have a velodrome here, at least I could ride a track bike around and <laughs> pretend I'm <laughs> racing. You know, so mm-hmm. I went to the bike shop and I found myself a Raleigh Rush Hour. It's called, um, and it's a track bike, but it has a flip flop hub in the rear. So I have it on single speed now, so that means I can coast. But you can also make it fixed gear, and then it has it already has. Set, it's already set up with brakes, so that's good. That's good. Yep. So I've been riding it. Last week was my first week uh, of commuting, and 
it's going really well, and I I only live about four miles from work, so I have you know it's no big deal. And I actually mm-hmm. there's part of my commute, uh, there's a bike lane, um, which is nice. And then uh, I also I just feel so energized when I get to work. I'm like, oh, this is fun, you know. <laughs> like I look forward to riding my bike to work, and when I get off work, I'm like, I get to go for a bike ride home. You know, it's so cool. Oh, that's good. That's really good. Yeah, it's just like, uh, and I, I just feel like I, I, if I'm feeling like I haven't had a lazy day or something, then I ride my bike home, and um, I cut through this park that's by my house, and there's a section where it's a pretty good hill climb. Um, this is on the way back. On the way there, it's like downhill, so I get to work really fast, so that's nice. <laughs> on the way back, I had to climb it, and this is with the single speed, so it's yeah, I had to stand up through parts of it, which is really good, though, because I think it's really going to build my um, climbings. Like muscles? Yeah, exactly. So, cool. anyway, I'm totally stoked. I got this new bike. It's the, I mean, it's a pretty entry-level track bike. It's nothing fancy, but um, it's always, I'm always able to upgrade it in the future, and so far, so good. I love it. Good. And I keep it in my office all snuggled next to me. <laughs> that's, that's so cool. It's bike bonding time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But that's I, really good. I hope to record a little. Um, I'm going to try to record either on my way to or from work um, so you can come along with me on my commute. And <laughs> um, and then I'm going to try to take a picture of my bike in the in my office. So I'll try to put oh, that up. Yeah. So... Elizabeth, tell everybody what you're thinking about doing. Okay, well, I also live about four miles from work. My um, my ride isn't exactly conducive to bikes, but I'd say maybe 75% of it is sidewalk-worthy. So I can hop. I, I'm thinking about commuting to work now, actually. I'm inspired. Cool. Yeah. Um, and I, I, Plus, I mean, tell I live them, so close. I might as well. Tell them what you have at work that's perfect. That no one uses. Yeah, my office has a bike garage that's inside. So, I'll, I mean, I don't have to leave my bike outside. I can bring it in. Nice. And it's completely safe. And they have, like, the wheel the wheel protector things, and it's covered and all that stuff. So each individual bike, you can – I mean, so I've never seen a bike there at all, ever. Yeah, so it would be my well, bike's little garage. Maybe you can garage. start a trend. Maybe you can start a trend at work. <laughs> I know, Hopefully. I I already inspired um I haven't inspired anyone else to commute to work but but um one of my coworkers said her her um boyfriend were going to go for a bike ride this weekend she said I inspired them Oh good good excellent good I'm like <laughs> if you ever need someone to go on a bike ride with just call me up I'll go with you <laughs> No kidding no kidding yeah So yeah so we're trying so Basically, I mean, I'm saving money on parking, but also commuting's good. I mean, it kind of gets you going on your day, and saving gas and um, no joke helping out the environment by not um, emitting pollutants or whatever. <laughs> okay, so this week's Stoked and Stellar, we're encouraging work we're, commuting. We're trying to be greener. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So bike commute, that's what we're stoked about. Yeah, it's that's super stellar Kara. Good for you. Thanks. <laughs> I love it. One more thing I have to add to Stoked and Stellar is that I well, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but I got those bike hooks 
that you you can hang your bikes on, you know? Um, it's like just a big hook that you hang in the yeah. ceiling. Because um, I have an extra a spare room, but I have like a, a guest bed in there, and so I don't have a whole lot of room for my bikes. Well, I bought a couple of hooks, but I hadn't hang them up, hung them up. And I finally did it last night, and t- let me tell you, those things, you put them in a stud, you screw them into a stud, you know, and they, I think I could hang from those myself. <laughs> they are in there so good, and it was so easy to put them up there, but um, I have, so now I have my mountain bike and my road bike hanging up. And so, oh, I bet that looks really cool. Yeah, and I have room. I need to get one, well, because I bought the hooks before I got my third bike, and so I only had two, but I'm going to get one more, I think, because I have room for it. So So you just hang it by the wheel, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but don't, you, aren't you supposed to hang it from both wheels? Um, no, I think you can do it either way. But oh, Okay, I, so it's I not going it, to strain... No, I have it so um, it's in the hook, and then the one wheel sits against the wall. Ah, okay. You know what okay. I mean, kind of? Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of yeah. like at Okay, so it's angle. not like all the pressure is on that one rim. Right, yeah. Okay, cool. And cool. I have it so, like, I hang them with the handlebars, like, up high, you know, so, like, the front wheel is on the hook. Yeah, right. Okay, good. And then the back wheel sits against the wall. Cool. But I don't think it. I don't think it's straining them. Good. <laughs> but I'm totally stoked because it looks really cool and it just like saves so much room and stuff. And it, they were actually really easy to put in. Like all I did was drill a pilot hole and then screw them in. And that's huh. it. Yeah. If I can do it, you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try very to. Good, I'll good. try to get a picture of that too. Yeah. It's Tuesday morning, and I. Oops. Still in my apartment, but I'm getting ready to go out for my bike commute. And it is a nice day here today. I changed my winter coat to a lighter jacket because it's so warm. And I live on a pretty busy street. So, that's what you hear. All the cars. And I'm up. Let's start the timer so I can see how long it takes me today. Okay. It's been taking me about... Yeah, it's pretty windy out today. It's been taking me about 15 minutes. That's a bus. School bus that I just passed. And I cut through the park here which is nice because on the way here there's um it's pretty downhill and on the way back it's uphill so I don't get all sweaty and stuff until the way back truck another truck okay and as I mentioned already on the show, but this bike is a single speed. It's basically a track bike set up for the road. Brakes. 
and we can also make it a fixed gear by flipping around the hub. Okay, it's a little heel here. To stand up to keep my momentum going. Okay. that I'm on actually has a bike lane through a portion of it not the whole way not the whole way that I go but part of it which is at least better than nothing god it's windy it's been pretty cool I've been riding for about a week now to work and I've seen every day other bike commuters there's one right now going the opposite way get the bike lane and and then if they do all the sediment settles there like the sand and uh, salt so if you can hear this grittiness so it is just taking it nice and easy into work it's awesome getting up and getting on the bike. Feels good. We're listening to Kara's Commute to Work. Okay, my hands are actually starting to warm up, which is good. Alright. Stuck in the light here. traffic to go around.
follow the traffic lights as much as possible because there's lots of cops around always. Which is good, I guess. I just stop back there at another light. Just about there. Someone almost running into me. That's okay. That was nice, they apologize. <laughs> One more commuter right in front of me. Jeez, what? Alright, so this week's Bon Voyage trip tip is dealing with um, a lot of my travel that's happened to me recently. And I know everyone knows this already, but I'm just going to say it all, I'll say it again. Okay, I was flying out last week, I think, going on just a quick overnight trip to Oklahoma City, of all places, and um, I just bought a carry-on because I'm just staying overnight, and I thought it wouldn't check me in my luggage, but (laughs) I know the protocol for traveling via air, but I swear I don't know what I was thinking. I should have known, but in my luggage, I had, you know, the 331 rule that the airports have now. Do you know what I'm talking about? The three ounces. Oh, yeah. You can have you can have three containers that are three ounces inside of a one-quart bag. Uh-huh. So I thought about this before I, before I packed my bag. I was like, okay, what do I have that can be potentially confiscated? So, um, I, so I planned ahead of all that. So I had all that settled. But then when it goes to the scanner and I had my shoes off and everything and blah, 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 the TSA come to me and were like, ma'am, do you have anything in your bag? No, no, I don't have anything in my bag. They took my mascara. Really? Yes. So, here's the trip tip for you, ladies. If you've got mascara... I thought, if it, I thought that wasn't considered liquid. I didn't think so either. Anyway, so um, if you've got mascara, you need to either put it, not bring it with you, or check your put in the checked bag or you need to go ahead and put it in the court bag but they just took mine oh they wouldn't even let you put it in the court bag nope they took it uh, that sucks because that can be expensive tell me about it because i i know i've got i think that one cost me nine dollars yeah uh, I, that's a good and one. i just was I like have... whatever take it they said we can check your bag if you want i was like no don't check my bag because then i would have to go back to the line again so I said, just take it, whatever. That sucks. Yeah. So there's my Bon Voyage trip tip is pack your mascara properly. <laughs> Guys, too, we know you like to look pretty. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or at least let your gals know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, that was a good one. Yeah, because I, I wouldn't have thought that was included in the... But it's strange, though, because I've gone through a thousand times, and they've never said anything about it. But really? I don't know if it differs from airport to airport or what, oh, but maybe. Yeah. pack which air- it. Which airport was that? Um, That was Love Fields, actually, in Dallas. Oh. Hmm. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. Help 
segment called Life Anxiety. <laughs> haven't, haven't talked about this in a while. Things have been pretty good, but, you know, there's always something that's uh, a little crazy. Makes me anxious. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. What Anything on your mind lately, Elizabeth? Well, I mean, nothing in particular except for I feel like Okay, somebody asked me the other day if I would rather have a million dollars or time or more time, mm-hmm. and immediately I said a million dollars. But really? I was thinking the last <laughs> the last few days, what? That surprises me. Like, I know, I know. Because if someone if someone asked me, like, did Elizabeth say a million dollars or time? I would so I would have said time in a second. I, I know. I am surprised I even said a million dollars, but the last, so they asked me that last week, okay. and I've thought about it ever since, and I've gone back to asking more time. <laughs> <laughs> and and I know people are saying um, that money buys time and everything, but I just feel like there's not enough 24 hours in my day. I just, I need more time, not only in a day, but overall, I feel like my life is zooming by me, and I'm missing out on things, and i I don't know. I just feel that's what I'm really anxious about lately. And I feel like I've got so many things planned out for the year that I feel like I'm skipping the year. Uh, yeah. Does that make sense? I know. Ex- yeah. I mean, that's crazy that you bring this up because I was thinking the same kind of thing lately because um, I feel like what, during the week, I, I mean, I love my job and everything, but I'm always like, when Thursday or Friday comes, I'm like, oh, I can't wait for the weekend. But then the mm-hmm. weekend comes, and then next thing you know, it's over. And then you start yeah. another week, and it's just like the cycle continues. And, like, during the week, I have so much going on. I work all day, and then I have at least Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I'm training. And mm-hmm. um, the other nights, like Mondays and Fridays, I'm doing other things like running errands or going to the grocery store or whatever, you know? And then on the yeah. weekends, I have more training. Not, not that I um, – I love – training you know that's like part of my livelihood you know but um among or you know combining all the things I'm doing it's just yeah I end up having no time I just have barely enough time to sleep let alone do other things no really I completely agree with you and it seems like I I love having things to look forward to and I love having things planned out you know, like, oh, in two weeks I get to do this, or in three weeks, three weeks I get to do this. Oh, and my marathon's in six weeks, blah, blah, blah. I love having that, but it feels like I'm always living for next week or, like, the next event, and I feel like I'm not living in today. Exactly. And, well, yeah. I'm just waiting for today to get by so I can do whatever it is that I'm looking forward to that I have planned, or I just I feel like I'm not taking advantage of all of my time. And I know people look at my schedule and they're like, wow, you do so much, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, yeah, but I don't know. I just feel like I don't have enough time for everything that I want to do, it seems like. And it just kind of mm-hmm. makes makes my life anxiety. Anxious, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah exactly, I know. because, um, like, part of me wants to do everything full-time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I wish I could full, full-time work, full-time train, full-time um just travel travel you know everything i wish i could have five times the amount of time you know Mhm. yeah but, i know i don't know uh yeah and i agree though because sometimes when i'm looking forward to something or like it's friday and i'm like oh good the weekend's coming then 
on Friday maybe I waste my time or um yeah and I should exactly I think I I should live more in the moment right and so that's what I'm just having trouble juggling in my life right now is just doing that and but still maintaining all the things I love doing like training and in my job, because I do like my job, I just feel like sometimes I just want to get it over with so I can do what's next, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know. I hear ya. I hear ya. Yeah, it's just, it's tough. I don't know. I don't know Mm -hmm. how to, well, and the thing that gets me, I think, is how I'm single now, you know, like, I don't even have added complexity of having a family or having having a husband or having kids or anything and how am I going to handle that you know I know I swear I was thinking about that today this morning I was like my life is this crazy and I'm alone I don't have any other stressors (laughs) that I have to worry about and I can't even handle myself you know yeah I I completely understand. Just things like the podcast. I love doing the podcast, but lately we haven't been able to put out shows as much as we like because they're just so busy too. So I know, I know, right? Exactly. So, so that's my life anxiety. Yeah, I don't really have any solutions at the moment, but me either. I don't think we ever will. Other than (laughs) to just consciously try to live in the moment, you know, just try to Mm -hmm. think about it rather than. Just be conscious of it, I guess. Right. Alright, it's time for Exercise Your Brain. First, we're going to uh, reveal the answers from last week. (laughs) From the last show. Okay, so we asked last week what uh, some of the components of when you do a blood panel, kind of what the results mean. The first, oh, thing, yeah. the first thing is hemoglobin and hematocrit. Um, and those are here's here's what we got. And since no one called in with an answer, <laughs> I guess everyone was just too stumped. <laughs> <laughs> um, these um, hemoglobin and hematocrit are two uh, common and important ways of evaluating the red blood cell capacity or volume of um, of red blood cells. The hematocrit is a percentage of the total blood volume made up by red blood cells. And then hemoglobin is a measurement of oxygen-carrying molecules of red blood cells. So low readings of either one of those may indicate anemia, and readings that are too high may indicate other health problems. Sure. Okay. Um, the next thing is white blood cell count. Uh, white blood cell count reflects your overall activity and function um, of the immune system. And in in response to most bacterial infections, the white blood cell count um, is elevated, indicating that the immune system is activated, so it's fighting off something. And an abnormally low white blood cell count may mean that the immune system is suppressed either from a disease or from medication or toxins. Okay, and then serum serum creatinine. Creatinine is um, it's a product of muscle breakdown, and it's removed by the kidneys from your blood. And so, if there's a lot of creatinine in your blood, that means that there may be a kidney problem, your because your kidneys aren't removing that waste product. And right. It's one of the 
easiest ways for a doctor to tell whether your kidneys are, um, whether you have like renal dysfunction or kidney dysfunction. And okay. let's see. And, a, a, and just a side note on that: if you ever have to get a CAT scan, they um, may or they most likely measure your creatinine level to see if that's just testing whether your kidneys are working because the contrast dye that they put in your blood um, to uh, for the CAT scan to so they have a better picture is a toxin that's excreted by your kidneys as well. So if your um, kidneys aren't working properly, that, that contrast dye might cause a problem in your... Um, cause a problem if... So they test the... Well, if, you're, if your kidneys aren't filtering properly, then you're, then you're going to have that dye floating around in your system for a while, which might in turn cause problems. Exactly. So the way that they test it, or the way they figure out if your kidneys are working okay is to look at the creatinine level. Very good. Okay. And so all of what you're saying, all of what you're telling us right now is um, if I was to go to the doctor and say, can I have my blood work done, this is the results that I'm going to be getting. Exactly. Yep. Okay. The next one is cholesterol. Um, Two Mm -hmm. components of blood uh, cholesterol numbers are HDL and LDL. So... High Which density. are high-density lipoproteins and low-density lipoproteins. Yeah, and the HDL is good, considered good cholesterol, and LDLs are bad. Um, the HDL takes the excess cholesterol from the blood vessels and deposit, deposits it in the liver. And the LDL stays in the blood vessels, contributing to um, uh, the plaque buildup and substance mm-hmm. that causes blood vessel blockages, uh, which is a substance that causes blockages and contributes to heart attacks and strokes. And a healthy... And atherosclerosis? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, a healthy total cholesterol rating should be 200 or less. So, total? What? Total, yeah. Total? Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, blood sugar. Patients that have diabetes have higher than normal levels of blood sugar, and it can be measured as serum glucose. glucose. Um, after an overnight fast, higher than normal levels may signal diabetes or pre-diabetic conditions. Another blood test called hemoglobin A1C, um, or glycosylated hemoglobin, indicates that overall level of glucose over several months as opposed to a single point in time. So one of those tests will look at your blood sugar. And then prothrombin time. Many people take Coumadin, and it's a drug that prevents and treats harmful blood clots. The prothrombin time measures extent to which the blood coagulation is inhibited by Coumadin. I think we already talked about this one, but just to review. So um, they look at the prothrombin time to figure out whether they need to adjust your level of, of blood thinner that you're taking, if you're taking blood thinner. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, get, I think we need to talk about that one. Yeah. So yeah, that's good. some facts about blood. <laughs> Who made this quote famous? The work of the individual still remains the spark that moves mankind forward. Is it Henry Ward Beecher, Ralph Richardson, Nelson Mandela, or Igor Sikorsky? Okay, say it one more time. The work of the individual still remains the spark that moves mankind forward. Okay. Henry Ward Beecher, Ralph Richardson, Nelson Mandela, or Igor Sigorsky? 
Okay, that's good. Okay, so if you've got an answer, you can feel free to call our hotline at 920-482-4822. Yep. I always feel like a game show host whenever I say our phone number. I know. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Excellent. So a little bit of a delayed response, but we thank you nonetheless. Uh, We got a message from a listener. Her name is Amelia, a.k.a. 623. She replied to, I think, two shows ago, we challenged everyone to do a race resume. And oh, good. So she did her race resume, and she has it listed on her blog. Her blog is 623tries.blogspot.com, and that's all written out. So it's S-I-X-T-W-O-T-H-R-E-E-T-R-I-E-S. Six two three tries. Blogspot dot com. And here's what she says: Hi Karen Elizabeth, thanks for putting on a great show. Okay, you convinced me. I put together my oh so short race resume. Suddenly I'm very oh, cool. T- <laughs> I'm so excited. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Suddenly I'm very tired after thinking about what I did in the past year. Please feel free to visit my blog, which I just gave. Um, and she says if you scroll way down. You get the resume at the bottom. She says she hasn't figured out a more attractive way to display it on the blog, but she's open to suggestions. Anyhow, thanks for inspiring the race resume as well as all your other triathlon and travel suggestions. Whenever I listen to your show, I feel like I'm having coffee or something stronger with the girls. Yours truly, oh, fine. <laughs> yours truly, Amelia. <laughs> and she is um, in California, I believe. Let me look to be sure. But her blog is really cool, too. Um, you should check it out, everybody. Seal Beach, California. Oh, okay. So, And the reason she's 63 is she her first triathlon was a, an Xterra race. Holy crap. Which is crazy in itself. But her number was 623. And oh, I it, love stuff that has meaning behind it. <laughs> But she forgot to wear sunscreen, so she had that 63 on her arm for, like, the rest of the summer. Because, you know, when the the black marker, like, it'll, when you wash it off, it'll be white underneath. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so she is 63 <laughs> for the, awesome. the rest of the summer. But very cool, very cool. So, yeah, 63 tries. Check it out. And we're just stoked to hear from all of any and all of our listeners and any new listeners. Um, that reminds me, if you have any random things to tell us or responses to any of our quizzes or anything, you can give us a call. Our phone number is nine two zero four eight two four eight two two, and you can leave up to a two minute voicemail. Or you can get our website. Right, our website, which is intransitduo.com, and there's links to both mine and Elizabeth's email addresses on there. So mm-hmm. check it out. And, yeah, it looks like she's got – Amelia has some cool things she's been up to. And she did a whole crap load of events last year, even though it was her first season. So she's got, it's like, a, an adventure race in here, a half marathon, uh Xterra race, Danskin women's sprint, an, an Oli, Camp Pendleton Oli uh, she did only her first year? Yeah, and then Ooh. another sprint. Um, yeah, like, I don't know. She did a lot of races, though. You should check it out. 
And her page is cool. So, and she has lots cool. of p- pictures, which is cool. I need to put more pictures on my blog. I haven't been very good about that. But, <laughs> yeah, so check it out. Ah. All right, it's time for the no name nutrition segment. Hit it, Elizabeth. <laughs> okay, well, I was looking on msn.com, and I came across a segment that was called Five Food Myths That Are, are, are Exposed. It's called Five Food Myths Exposed. Okay. Okay, so one through five. Um, myth one, fresh is best. While grandparents chose canned foods because they were safe and efficient, today we've gone the opposite to the opposite extreme. We tend to think that artificial is inferior, but flash frozen vegetables, for example, retain more nutrients than their fresh counterparts, which is interesting because the fresh foods age whenever they're transported, so they're saying that the flash frozen things retain their nutrients better. Okay, myth number two, vitamin enhanced foods are better. By blurring the line between food and vitamins or medications, we tend to think that we're getting two-for-one deal with products, such as pasta baked with omega-3 fatty acids. But with these extras, foods don't necessarily become better for you. What's more is they are altered in the process. So maybe sometimes fortified foods aren't always the best. Okay, myth numero three is a meal is worthy for what it lacks. I don't even know what that means. But anyway, this doctor believes that People have lost sight of what should be an obvious fact that what's on the plate is what makes a meal great and a, and a source of pleasure. But too many people, he says, focus on the lack of salt, fat, carbs, or calories in a dish rather than its taste. So whenever they size it up. So I guess what he's saying is just because you've got a steak and potatoes and vegetables on your plate doesn't really matter if you're packing it full of salt and crap like that. Myth number four, natural means less processed. Many foods with the word natural on their labels are in fact more processed than, and have less nutri- nutritional value than others without it. The only thing the term seems to consistently mean is its higher price. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So yeah. I guess natural doesn't always mean better because hot dogs can be naturally beef, but that beef might be a cow's tongue or whatever. Fat can be natural fat. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. So I guess you just need to read the nutritional information before you actually decide if natural is better. Okay, myth five. Some foods are inherently bad for you. Too much of anything isn't good for you. Eat three meals a day of broccoli and you're probably going to get sick. (laughs) Gorging on snack foods, likewise, is a bad idea. But foods like potato chips, which most of us do enjoy, can still have a place in our diet. Categorizing a food as inherently bad is unnecessary. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I agree with that too. Okay. So this week's In the News is going to be a lot different than our typical In the News. And this is more of just kind of some tips that people can follow. And it has nothing to do with sports or anything like that, but it does have a lot to do with enjoying your life and the time off that you're not training. So I have come across, it's called, I got it from wineanswers.com, and it's how to pair wine and food together and what the basics are. Okay. That's good. You ready? Yeah. Okay, good. Okay, so everybody has always heard the rule of thumb with red wine with red meat and white wine with white meats, blah, blah, blah. 
well, that's kind of out the window by now because it's more of what a person prefers to go with food. But here's just a few basic guidelines that you can follow if you're wanting to have a dinner party or just try to venture out and try different wines if you if you drink wine. Select light-bodied wines to pair with lighter food and fuller-bodied wines to go with heartier foods and more flavorful dishes. So instead of going with the red wine, red meat, white wine, white meat, you might want to do like white wines with salads and maybe red wines with like stews and stuff like that. Okay. So that's a suggestion. Well, like if you had salmon, Pinot Noir, you could kind of, you could do that, which typically isn't done. People usually like to have white, white wines with fishes, but they're saying now you could even venture out and do a Pinot Noir with um, salmon and stuff. And, and I have done that many times, and, it, and I do highly suggest it. <laughs> okay. And also consider how the food is prepared. Is it grilled? Is it roasted? Is it fried? What type of sauces or spices are you using? For example, chicken with lemon butter sauce will call for a different, more delicate wine to play off the sauce than chicken cacciatore when you've got, you know, like that's an Italian dish. And so it's a lot heavier and spice, and you've got Italian spices. So you might want to potentially do a red one with that. Okay. Um, for for every food action, there is also a wine reaction. <laughs> when you drink wine by itself, it tastes one way. But when you take a bite of food and then you take a drink of wine, it totally tastes different. And so for those who might be just getting into wine or maybe have never even paid attention, that is completely true. You definitely try doing this because it gives you a whole different spin on the wine. This is because it happens because the wine is just like a spice, and the elements in the wine interact with the food, and they provide a different taste sensation, just like any other basic reaction in chemistry. Okay, so sweet foods like Italian tomato sauce or Japanese teriyaki or honey mustard glazes and stuff like that, it might make your wine seem drier than it really is. So to offset the dryness you might want to try a wine that is sweeter, that kind of matches your food to balance the flavor, which I kind of like that idea. I've never really even thought about that. Also, if you're drinking or if you're eating high acid foods like salads with balsamic vinaigrette or soy sauce or fish that's served with lemon or something along those lines, those go well with wines that are higher in acid like a Sauvignon Blanc or a Pinot Grigio or even a Pinot Noir. Um, white Zinfandel even though it's not high in acid, it's also a good contrast to high acid foods. And lastly, bitter and astringent foods like mixed green salads or bitter greens or even Greek food with Kalamata olives and all the stuff that I love completely, those are complemented with a full-flavored fruity wine. And that will make your wine taste actually fruitier than it is because you're eating bitter foods, you know? Yeah. Big tannic red wines like Reds of Vendels or Shiraz's or even Syrahs, those go good with classically grilled steaks or lamb chops or because the fat and the meat will tone down the tannins or what makes the wine bitter. So, yeah, those those are my wine and food pairing tips of the week. The word of the week is floruit. Ooh. Floruit. F-L-O-R-U-I-T. I'm going to guess. Floruit. Okay, guess. Is it like a bouquet of smell? Aromas? No. Is it a verb or a noun? It is a noun. Okay, I don't know then. <laughs> okay, it means it's the period during which a person, movement, etc. was active. 
So it comes from Latin floruit, flourished, from florere to flourish, ultimately from the Indo-European root bell to thrive or bloom that gave us flower, beet, bless, foliage, blossom, and blade. So here's an example sentence. Then there was an ast- then there was the astonishing firm of Woodhull, Claffin, and Company, Floruit, circa 1870 to 1872. Okay, what's the actual it? definition again? The period during which a person, movement, etc. was active. So the sentence is, there, then there was the astonishing firm of Woodhull, Claflin, and Company, Floruit, circa 1870 to 1872. So basically, they were active between 1870 to 1872. Oh, that was your example sentence? Yeah. I see. I got it. Okay, say it again, though, because now I, now that I understand okay. what the heck I'm listening to. The sentence? Or yeah. Right. Then there was yeah. the then there was the astonishing firm of Woodhill, Claflin and Company, Floruit, circa eighteen seventy to eighteen seventy two. Okay, I get it. Okay. So Floruit is a noun and meaning the period during which a person movement, etc. was active. Ooh, that's a good word. I could use that a lot, actually. Yeah. I like that one. But I, I think I would get it mixed up and use it as a verb. Oh. And say, when were they for you at? You know what I mean? Yeah. Hmm. That's a good word. Good word. I think that pretty much wraps up the show for this week. It does. Excellent. And we've got our pump-up song of the week. Yep. All right, well, good. Well, hopefully we'll get together sooner and won't have such a big gap between our next between now and our next show. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully. So this week's pump-up song is Speed of Sound by Coldplay. I love this song, and I guess it came out last year, but I'm still writing to it on a weekly basis, so enjoy. Enjoy. 